Watch out for cash money, cause we laying it down. Money making is my thing, cause I'm trying to be rich, trying to put away meals. That's why I'm in the studio dropping hits, dropping rap at the rap like you sell key after key. Backed up by the best press, dropping beat at the beat. My click is the hot boy, especially we so high and dangerous if we ain't beef with the whole block. No feeding us at all, player, cause we roll too deep. With AKs off safety, knocking busters off their feet. I go by the name of BG. I ride on Chrome and then I ain't Lexi S3. I'll bust a dome for babin' on this B3. Because I know one thing, he'll do the same for me. We family, cash money is a moment, better get a navy. So if you ever play a heavy, look catch it and grab it. Don't try to knock me, player, cause I'll leave your head stale. Lights up real good, you will never get well. Cash money is a moment, better get a navy. So if you ever play a heavy for you, it ain't grabbing. The NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice and if it loses, you'll get a free bet backup up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I really enjoy using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's easy and everything is at your fingertips. And all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code SOTS. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Once again, use the promo code SOTS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Mickey, just to clarify, since you said staff decisions won't start until next week, Dennis Allen's definitely staying as the head coach. Yeah, yes. What is your evaluation of the, the job he did? Yeah, again, we're going to you know discuss that next week, and, and I don't think it's fair for me to discuss that with you before I've discussed it with him. Oh, no! We suck again! Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast, part of the State of the Saints podcast network. Thank you so much for checking out the, the State of the Saints podcast where we talk your mediocre team, the New Orleans Saints. And as you can hear, uh, according to uh, General Manager Mickey Loomis, uh, he had just confirmed that uh, Dennis Allen uh, will return uh, to the sidelines as the Saints head coach in 2023. So, yeah, um, I think we all kind of figured that this was going to go this way, but my goodness, man, I, I I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. But, hey, we are here, and this is where we're at. And, you know, it just seems like to me, like the New Orleans Saints really just believe in this guy. I don't know what they've seen um, as far as, like, you know, him as a head coach that, just give them this type of confidence. 
But I, I honestly believe that even though they're bringing him back, I don't think that they're bringing him back uh, because he does such a great job. I think that uh, he, if he's coming back, uh, he is definitely uh, on the hot seat. So um, what does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? What does that mean? Um, but before, you know, I kind of get into it, uh, he, he talked about a couple more topics that uh, um, we've been discussing and that has been a part of uh, the NFL rounds as far as news. Uh, one is uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas and the restructuring of his deal. Uh, this is what General Manager Mickey Loomis said about Michael Thomas's uh, restructured contract. I think we just wanted some flexibility for both of us to, you know, um, see where we're at going forward and give us a little time to, um, you know, work on that. Look, the main thing here with Mike is for him to get healthy and get back being the player that um, that he's been for us in the past. And, you know, look, I was really excited about him uh, at the beginning of our season and, and uh, unfortunately, he had the he had the toe injury, and 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 uh, that had to get taken care of. But um, it's not anything that he can't come back from. Yeah. So as you can see, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like to me that the the thought of Michael Thomas not playing in New Orleans. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying that it, it's probably a foregone conclusion, but according to Mickey Loomis, it seemed like you know he's still going to try to do something to try to see if they can come to some type of mutual agreement look Michael Thomas is an incredible wide receiver I think we all know that um I don't think anybody would have a problem seeing Michael Thomas return to the New Orleans Saints uh if it's a fair deal I mean you have a guy who hasn't really played in almost three seasons and um he's making a a, a whole lot of money for just being on the sideline rehabbing now I understand that the NFL injuries are going to occur but at the same time I mean if a guy's not putting up you know, any type of production, um, you want to make sure that you're bringing guys in uh, to replace that and make up for it. So I think Michael Thomas, uh, I think he should have some level of understanding about that. I think he understands uh, where he is as far as like, you know, all the injuries and, you know, I mean, honestly, no matter if he plays for the New Orleans Saints in 2023 or some other team, uh, nobody's going to give him a, a guaranteed contract the way that, uh, you know, he played before he was injured. Right. I mean, you give him a guaranteed contract before he got injured. I mean, it was a no brainer. But I think a lot of teams are going to go into the prove it deal route. And um, I think that, you know, the New Orleans Saints are probably going to offer him a contract that's that's uh, organization friendly. And I think that a lot of teams are probably going to be offering him a deal that's organizationally friendly. So um, that's where they are. That's where they are with Michael Thomas. Uh, he also talked about. Uh, former Saints coach Sean Payton and uh, some of the teams out there that are trying to uh, get his services. And um, he also talked a little bit about, you know, what they're asking for. Check it out. When teams request to talk to Sean, do you guys discuss parameters of compensation? Like, is there a general understanding of, okay, if this moves forward, like, this is going to be kind of hard? Um, to some degree, yeah, to some degree. So if a team is interviewing him, they, they've already agreed that they will meet. No, we haven't settled on exactly what the comp compensation is going to be yet, but they're well aware that there's going to be uh, compensation. They're aware of what you would want. It's sort of like they know going in that if, if we choose to hire him, it will be in this range or something like that? Um, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Look, the reason I'm being a little bit coy about this is that it's going to be different for every team because they have different picks and they have yeah. different things available to them. And, and uh, 
So but it's, it's not it's firm a with. Fast rule, I guess. It's, it's what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. You get, they have to get your permission. That is the only rule. You have to get our permission to have a discussion with them, and then they have to have, um, we have to have the compensation settled before they can actually make an offer or hiring. And there are reports that Arizona, Houston, and Denver have received permission to interview. Is that correct? Yes. Have any other teams received permission to interview? Not yet, no. Not yet, no. Have the uh, interviews with, I know Denver's next week, is Arizona or Houston been set yet? I don't know that. I, look, I don't know. Once, once it, it gets beyond the permission, that's out of, out of uh, um, my need to know or right to know. Um. Um, can you give us your impression on the whole <clears throat> the prospect of Sean reentering the league and whether it's this year or next year and you know, the extent to which you feel like whatever he does is fine or, or the extent to which you acknowledge the value that he still has to the team? Yeah. Um, it's complicated, <laughs> you know, because, look, I have such, you know, great respect for him. He's a close friend of mine. Uh, um, he's a great coach. Um, you know, all those things. I want the best for him. Uh, you know, I do. We do collectively as an organization. I mean, he's, he gave everything that he could possibly give to the New Orleans Saints and took us to heights that, uh, you know, the, the organization, the team never achieved before. So I absolutely want the best for him. Um, but I also recognize that there's, he's a valuable asset. You know, his contract uh, is a valuable asset to our club, and, and it's our duty to maximize that. Um, look, I, I think between you know the quarterback of a team and the head coach no one else impacts winning more than those two guys in any building and so um i know what he brings to the table and i know that's really valuable and and it's it's our obligation to maximize that value if he if he chooses to you know coach again within that time frame where we have have those rights yeah so as you can see i mean mickey loomis even though he has a relationship with sean payton uh he wants to do his best for the organization and he should you know, I mean, yeah, this is a business at the end of the day. You know, sometimes you got to put those friendships to the side and do what's best for the team. But it also seems like he wants uh, Sean Payton uh, to be happy in the process as well. He just don't want to just give him to just any team. Um, look, <laughs> this whole Dennis Allen situation, I think that we pretty much, you know, <laughs> I, I just, it, man, it's amazing to me. Um, how this team, man, it's amazing to me how this team just, you know, just so arrogant, you know what I'm saying? It's so full of themselves. Like, it's it, like, this team is not what they once were. They want, they, they were a really good football team. They were a team that you knew for a fact was going to be able to put up points. We knew that they were going to be a team that was going to be contending for a championship. And now, I mean, they just the most mediocre team in the NFL. Like, I, I have no faith. I have no confidence in Dennis Allen. I, like, honestly, there was a little portion of the press conference where they were talking about, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get the cap back to the middle, so to speak. I would, like, honestly, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be real. I would not be surprised 
that the reason why they brought back Dennis Allen is because they knew for a fact he'd probably give them a better chance of probably having a losing record and get the quarterback of the future. See, here's the here's the reality. I don't think that the New Orleans Saints are going to draft a quarterback. I don't. I don't. The reason why I feel like they're not going to draft a quarterback is simple. Because I cannot see Dennis Allen trying to put his hopes in a, in a young quarterback when he knows for a fact that more than likely if he does not have a winning record or he does not find success this season, he's going to get fired. And he's probably going to get fired before the season is even over because we know that right now the Who That Nation, they, they aren't behind him. He started losing. They really are not going to be behind him. And you're really going to see some heads roll. So I think that Dennis Allen more than likely is probably going to go with a veteran quarterback uh, to come in. And he wants to, um, you know, hitch his wagon to that. And, and quite honest, I, I don't I, quite honestly, I have absolutely no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all, because. Dennis Allen makes so many damn excuses to his ridiculous. Like every time something goes wrong it's because somebody got hurt or it's because we didn't have this guy. Oh, he was going to play today, but he didn't. It's always a bunch of excuses when it comes to Dennis Allen. And if Dennis Allen was to draft, if the Saints were to draft a young quarterback and that young quarterback needs to develop, that would be another excuse for Dennis Allen not to make it. I mean, Dennis Allen, like honestly, Dennis Allen makes all these excuses but nobody just wants to just recognize the obvious that he's not good at being a head coach. He's not. But I have no problem with it. Like, go out there and get yourself a free agent. Go out there and get yourself a guy that you can hit your wagon to. So when you fail, there won't be very too little to no excuses as to why you got fight. And it gives the Saints a better chance of getting Kayla Williams. I, I don't know. Like, I, I really, like, organizations won't admit stuff like that, but based on this dude's track record, based on what he has shown us uh, as a head coach in two places, I wouldn't be surprised if they hired him because they know if they give he gives them a better chance of having a losing record to get a, a, a you know a, the quarterback out of North Carolina or, or Kayla Williams or, 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 or Travis out of Florida State, like one of those guys. So I ain't got no problem with it. Like, seriously, I, I have no problem with it. Like, we can sit up here and talk about, you know, man, we need to hire this guy, need to hire that guy. Like, let him go ahead and just do it because him wetting the bed might end up being beneficial to each and every one of us if we're if we are willing to stomach what 2023 can hold. Because ain't nobody checking for the New Orleans Saints in 2023, all right? Look. This is not like I know we have this this false sense reality when it comes to our team because we we build up all this good fortune in the past and we're still looking at the New Orleans Saints being, you know, one of the top teams in the in the league, but we're not. And it's not a good destination spot anymore. Like it was a good destination spot when you had a quarterback like Drew Brees. If you're a wide receiver, why wouldn't you want to come there? If you was a defensive player, why wouldn't you want to come to New Orleans? You know that you're going to win a lot of games and there's a chance that you would be in championship contention. 
if you had a head coach like Sean Payton, you know for a fact that you was going to win some games and you was going to find yourself in the playoffs. Tell me if you are a free agent, unrestricted, unrestricted free agent, tell me what is attractive about showing up playing for the New Orleans Saints. Seriously. So to me, this dude is going to turn off a lot of free agents. And if the Saints aren't doing their due diligence when it comes to the draft, they're really going to be setting themselves back. The only way that the Saints can be able to salvage their season if, if they find some coaches that can win in spite of DA's ineptitude, or they find themselves a quarterback that can weather the storm, that can facilitate comebacks. That is the only reason or the only way the New Orleans Saints can find success in 2023. But I really honestly feel that you, man, look, the Saints had opportunity to get Patrick Mahomes. And if Kansas City didn't jump in front of them, they would have got Patrick Mahomes. So you don't think that that probably isn't in the back of their minds? You don't think so? I do. And if there's a chance that they can actually get a guy that can be a generational talent and give them the best position, you know, give them the best chance to win, I think they'll do it. Now, they have to do it in a way that it don't look so painstakingly obvious. But what better way to up your chances of having a losing record than to bring back a guy who has never had a winning record in his entire coaching life, that is Dennis Allen. So, I am willing. I am willing to uh, accept this. I'm willing to accept it because I know more than likely what (laughs) the end result is going to be, and it might end up being beneficial to each and every one of us. So, and I'm pretty sure that that was taken into consideration as well. I'm just, um, that's just my opinion. I mean, because... I don't know what a person can possibly see that can tell them that Dennis Allen deserves to be the head coach of the New Orleans Saints for another year. Besides the fact that it probably gives you a better chance of being able to pick in the top five or pick in the top 10 like you would have this season if you didn't give your pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. So sit back who that nation and uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride. But, you know, eventually you know, you're probably going to realize how much fun you had because it's going to end up being uh, beneficial to you. Uh, None at all. Um, Let me see. Uh, I'm willing to uh, give Mick a chance to redeem himself. He is a proven GM, unlike how DA is not a proven head coach. See, y'all wasn't saying fire him when he flipped 100, uh, what do you say, 100 miles, so uh, please shut up. I don't know what I'm out there. 100 million he flipped 100 million oh i I guess you're talking about mickey looms okay um let's see we don't have either quarterback or head coach so uh then get rid of dennis allen three blind mice mickey gill and dennis uh y'all wasn't saying fire mickey looms when he flipped i ain't saying fly uh fire mickey looms i'm not saying that but i will say by bringing this dude back um you basically hit your wagon to him Right. So if things go awry, it's your fault because you like if you make a mistake, right? I mean, it's your first time, you know what I'm saying? You kind of slip or whatever, like that. Okay, man, whatever. Right. Um, better yet, let me use this example. You're in a club and somebody bump up against you, right? But it's it's packed, right? It's packed up in that thing. And you're like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? He just bumped into me, it's just trying to get through. But what if you just stand on the side, wide open space, and the person walked up to you and bumps you again? It was intentional, right? 
So your, your energy is going to be a little bit different than the first time that person bumped into you, right? So that's the way I look at this. First time, it's like, okay, Sean recommended him. You got a lot of respect for Sean. Uh, you probably, you know, took his word for it and hired this guy, right? And you wanted to keep the camaraderie of the team. You wanted to keep the structure, whatever, right? But it didn't pan out. It result in, The results were 7 and 10, and yet you still bring this guy back. So for that, it's like you – he has done something this season that you feel like you can actually build on. I don't know what the hell it is, but baby to you it was. And – you brought him back. So I have to evaluate you differently, you know? So if it don't pan out, I think there has to be a strike towards Mickey Loomis, even though I just think that a lot of the decisions that the New Orleans Saints organization make is because you got a bunch of people that are just way too comfortable. See, that's what happens when uh, you take a losing culture and make them a winning culture, you know? And that's the reason why some of us think the way that we do, Right. We have been sorry and pathetic and bad for so long that we just any any sign of any goodwill we want to hold on to. That's why a lot of people out here want to hitch their wagon to Andy Dalton. Not because Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. It's because, oh, you know, he's the closest thing, you know, to what Drew Brees was doing. Right. That, I mean, he ain't Drew Brees, but it's the closest thing to it. So people like the familiarity of the situation. Right. So. I think that when the Saints went been God awful for all these years, and then when they start winning, now all of a sudden guys get way comfortable because now they feel like their job is in the bag. I, I really feel like guys like Pete Carmichael, Gail Benson, uh, Dennis Lauscher, none of these guys will be able to have the the huevos, the cojones to to fire this dude just right. It's it's going to be something like, oh, you know. Uh, P. Carmichael stepped down to become an executive assistant to the offense or something, like just to help him save face. Uh, when it comes to Mickey Loomis, Mickey Loomis has been a GM for I don't know how long. He's been there before Sean Payton, so he has to be around there about 20 years, almost 20 years. It probably is his 20th season. And the thing is, like he's been around there so long, they got so much confidence in him, they had him working with the Pelicans. They had a football GM working with the Pelicans. So you know that he sits up there and he feels like nobody's going to fire me. And that's the way that these guys roll. I mean, nobody's really afraid of anybody. Nobody, nobody is scared. Nobody is afraid of, of executive moves, uh, front office moves. Nobody's afraid of these things because there's very little accountability. People just happy, you know, like they just happy that, you know, they got somebody that that's around them that, that resembles some winning, that they're rubbed up against some winning. But if you peel back the layers, you realize that this this isn't what you want, and, and it's going in a completely different direction, and it might resort back to the way that you were. You might find yourself looking for different executives that you probably haven't looked for in over 20 years. You're going to be looking for head coaches, something that you haven't done in 15 years, and you're looking for quarterbacks, something that you didn't have to do for 16. So they can continue to feel like, you know, Everything just gonna be all right, and but it's just gonna continue to cause this team hardships. You got to be able to let some of this stuff go. You got to be able to trim the fat. Like we learned this a couple of years ago with Sean Payton when he wanted to hold on to his buddies all them years in the defense, couldn't stop a, a nosebleed, but he had to make some tough decisions in order for the Saints to reach their full potential. He had to let his buddies go. He had to get away from the familiar territory in order for him to embark on a new journey. And, and and help him to get over that hump. 
So I don't know. I think they may need to go in the same direction, man. But this same old uh, thing, digging in the crates and trying to, you know, find somebody, you know, that that rubbed up against Sean Payton, that knew Sean Payton, that played golf with Sean Payton, that listened to Sean Payton, that, you know, that, that brought Sean Payton juicy fruit. Like, man, the Saints need to do a complete overhaul when it comes to the culture. Because right now, it just seems like, you know, they, they seem like a, a college football team that's just doing stuff built on tradition, right? You know, dancing in the locker room and stuff like that. That's just a tradition. Running in front of the cameras after a turnover, that's just tradition. But you you have to admit, like, it, it just seemed like it's just routine now. It's like going to work and punching the clock. Like, you know, it, it used to be, like, you know, spontaneous, right? I, I don't think that, you know, those guys – were doing these things because they was like, man, we just trying to create this culture. No, I just think that it was just spontaneous and they just started to do it. Now it's just like, okay, we do it because we're known for doing it now. And now it, it looks, it looks dumb. You know, it, it looks ridiculous. So they need, a, they need an overhaul when it comes to the culture right now. It just, you know, it, it just seemed like the great, a great value version of Sean Payton uh, of New Orleans Saints team. Like, there's Sean Payton, and then there's great value. You know, like, I mean, that that's what it is. Generic, boring, bland, and pathetic. Even if DA is the head coach next year, I will bring in uh, Kingsbury to OC and get a quarterback that can sling it in that uh, style of offense. Joe, my question is, would Dennis Allen allow the quarterback to be a quarterback? Would he allow him to be a risk taker? Like, I just feel like the reason why these quarterbacks – don't pull the trigger. The reason why these quarterbacks aren't aggressive is because Dennis Allen is so concerned about holding on to the football with dear life that he has put in these quarterbacks' head to take the conservative route. Like one, like that's the one thing that I just don't like about Dennis Allen is the fact that I just feel like when it comes to certain situations, he has no balls. Like seriously, like he rather just sit up there and just hold on to a lead. Like, if it, it was never like that with Sean Payton. It was never like that. If Sean Payton was sitting on a three-touchdown lead. He trying to find a way to get a four-touchdown lead. This guy tries to hold on to a lead with dear life. So if the Saints go up to 13 to nothing and, and at the end of the first half, he's just trying to hold on to the lead. And, and playing scared is not the result that you need, and it's not going to get you the results that you want. I, that's the reason why. You know, like, the whole team plays scared. The whole team plays scared. Like, you know, and, and even when they try to, you know, buck up and, and try to be tough, it's almost like a, a, a dad giving his son a pep talk after he got well done by the bully. Man, you ain't going to take this, man. Don't let him do that. What I want you to do, I want you to go to school tomorrow and look him in the eye and say, I'm not going to take this anymore. Like, that's, that's just what it's like, right? It, you know, there's no swag behind that. Like, you, you know, a guy, you know, if you walk up the school, you got some swag, you got some confidence. Somebody push you like, man, I wish I wish you would. I wish you would try to push me. You don't get that from the New Orleans State. Like I said, it, it's it's more like a, a, a young kid getting a pep talk from his dad because he got well done by a bully. And I got to be tough because my dad said I got to be tough and he might look at me the wrong way or he might get upset with me because I'm not tough. Like, so I got to prove to him that I'm tough. Like. Man, this 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 team is watered down. Like seriously, like this team is watered down. Like there, there's bright spots on this team, 
Do I feel like these guys try? Absolutely. But I just think that there's they're trying, but there's so many different thoughts in their head. It's different philosophies that that are trying to be instilled inside of them all the while them them trying to figure out uh you know what they need to do on the field. And when you have so many different voices in your head, it's going to conflict you and make you do things that you probably wouldn't do unconventionally. I, I just think that the whole team is uptight and they're going to continue to be uptight until this dude is gone. Pammy Whammy, he's that good, and hopefully he doesn't get uh uh let me see, get at USC this year. Uh why y'all saying we uh gave the first round pick away? It's not like we got nothing or less back. The players we got uh went over a thousand yards receiving this year. I understand it's a top 10 pick, but nobody knew. Yeah, I mean, look, hindsight is 2020. Of course, nobody knew that, and everybody, nobody like really said anything because we kind of thought that this team was going to find themselves in the playoffs and making a possible deep run. Yes, that's that's right. But when when it doesn't pan out that way, it looks like the dumbest decision in the world. You know, I used the example on the last episode, the one is when I said when Sean Payton came out to halftime in Super Bowl 44 and he kicked the onside kick. Now, if the Saints wouldn't have recovered that kick and the coach would have got it, he would have looked like the biggest moron on the face of God's green earth. But because it worked, everybody's running that back and talking about how tough that was and how how gutsy that was right and you know now he's looked at as, as the biggest risk taker and the, the greatest you know risk in super bowl history so there, there's a fine line between genius and insanity and right now you know like they they're on the insane route because it did it just did not work out um and as far as like the first round pick like they don't have one like you can spend it any way you want to. You can do this whole Jedi mind trick thing. Oh, we we had two first last year, but it ain't last year. We're in twenty twenty three, and right now, as it stands, unless the Saints about to do something with Sean Payton that that, that results in them getting a first round pick, they don't have a first round pick. It's just that simple. It, it's just that simple. But yes, I do agree with you. We're only mad because it didn't work. If it did work, then nobody would be saying anything at all. But that's just the way that it goes. Uh, he don't want 200 million. The market starts at what Watson got. Uh, who told you uh, that in my uh, coin with coin adventure to America voice? Uh, AD is uh, not a good quarterback. Andy Dalton is not a, a good quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's a guy like if your starting quarterback goes down, uh, you definitely will want him as a as a backup. You know, I, I would I would agree with that. But even with that, I just feel like there's some other quarterbacks out there that can give you much more than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a loser. Um no 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 disrespect intended and I I'm, I mean this and you know in the most respectful way possible. He's a loser, right? Like he he will do all the right things during the ebbs and flows of the game, right? Like at the beginning of the game, he'll probably get hot, go 7 to 7, 8 to 8, but when it's time for the game to be on the line, when when the, the chips are on the table, right, he cannot deliver. Because to me, I feel like in the back of his mind, he's thinking about his record in prime time. He's thinking about how people uh, perceive him as a quarterback that can't get the job done. Like you can tell like the way that he plays. Like he plays scared, especially like down the stretch. It, it's some it's certain guys that rise to the occasion, right? When 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 the game is on the line, that's their element right there. Like this dude or not, Tom Brady is is great at that. Great Tom Brady 
is, is that's the reason why Tampa in the playoffs right now. There are certain people that rise to the occasion in certain situations, and they'll be able to do it. Drew Brees has done it over the years. Andy Dalton has a loser mentality. Therefore, that makes him a loser. Like, seriously. Like, you ain't about to tell me that, that the way that he plays down the stretch and the decisions that he makes, like, there isn't something that is affecting him psychologically to make some of the decisions, like taking sacks and crucial situations, putting your taking your team out of field goal range when you you got to be able to at least get a field goal on a driver like stuff like that 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 is loser mentality right there like it, it's just that simple do i think he a bad quarterback no do i think he a good quarterback no do i think he's average yes he's a av- he's average and he's a loser i mean it, it's just that simple right and like I said, I, I'm not calling him a loser as far as like in life. Man got a beautiful family, beautiful wife. I'm talking about when it when it's when is when he's on a field, and when you need him to deliver, he's a loser. Already read that one. Uh, Sub TJ, who that? Uh, I have a good feeling this year uh, we'll be above 500 and make the playoffs. We just came from a bad season and a bad with bad coaching, but you should at least have faith for a second chance. No, I don't have faith in the second chance. And I, don't, I I shouldn't have anything. Like, because, look, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. This dude has had three full seasons as a head coach to deliver, and he has not. He didn't deliver in Oakland, and he ain't delivering in New Orleans. And I, I just, I, like, look, I understand the optimism of some Saints fans, but your optimism is not a deciding factor of how loyal you are as a fan. Like some people just say these things, and I'm not talking about you, South Park. I mean, I'm not trying to make you into something that you're not. But what I'm saying is people feel like their allegiance and love to a team is is tied into never giving up on them or even being straight up delusional when it comes to like certain situations with the team. Like shows like mine and me talking about a team, like people get mad because honestly, I'm telling you what you what you already know. Right. It's like somebody telling you that your wife or your husband is cheating on you. I, I seen them, man. I was out and about. I seen them holding hands with this girl. I seen, uh, you know, I seen her holding hands with this dude. Like I seen her with my own two eyes, man. Look right here, man. I got the videotape right here. You see them walk and, and somebody like, nah, I don't see that. Nah, nah, that ain't, that ain't true. That ain't true. Can you open your eyes, please? No, man, I, I ain't trying to see that. They go straight Mario Winans on you, right? I don't want to know. Like that's that's what they do. Right. Your your love and your allegiance to a team shouldn't be tied into delusion. You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't have to be delusional to be a fan. Like some people like, man, I know Dennis Allen. He can he'll work it out. Like what? where's your proof? Where's your proof? Where's your proof that he can work it out? Now, I hope he does. As a Saints fan, I hope he does. But based on what I've seen. I mean, how can you blame, how can anybody that supports Dennis Allen, seriously, how can anybody that's backing Dennis Allen get upset at a Saints fan for for being upset at a guy who has shown that he's incapable of success? Like, how, how can you blame any Saints fan for that? 
Like, I'm not trying to be delusional. I'm not sitting up here, man, I was a Saints fan since 1975. I've been a season ticket holder. I ain't give up then, and I ain't giving up now. Like, that, okay, whatever you want to say. Like, whatever. But I'm not trying to be delusional in the process. Like, I still love this team. I still got respect for this team. But I'm going to call a spade a spade. And I'm not going to sit up here and act as if, you know, I'm not concerned about the direction this team is going in. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to be delusional. I'm not like I'm telling you, like some Saints fans tie their allegiance to, to like believing in any dumb decision the team makes. Like they can they can parade out a guy that fumbles like every single game and they'll still be sitting up there like, yeah, they doing the right thing. Y'all just too critical. Like, bro, this team has set a standard. Right. It is a standard. And it is amazing to me how people are willing to, you know, subject themselves to certain situations like this. But, you know, in your everyday life, if some people was doing like if. If a person sets a standard, like as a parent, you try to set a standard, right, the way that you you raise your kids. Right. Uh, as a husband, as a as a wife, as a boyfriend, as a girlfriend, there's a certain standard that you set. Right. If something was to happen to you. You know, like, you know, I hope that this never happened. Knocking on wood. But if I'm married, if something was to happen to me, I would hope, you know, what I'm saying that if my wife decides to like move on, you know, what I'm saying from that, that she try to, you know, what I'm saying like there's a certain standard I left behind. Right. And, and, and vice versa. Or, you know, what I'm saying like certain situations, like there's a certain standard that is set. Right. The New Orleans Saints set a standard. There's a standard that was set by this team. They created a winning culture, right? Don't get mad at me because I expect success because you showed me years of success. And don't try to validate or try to minimize, you know, the the success by a few bumps in the road. That's one of the main reasons or the, like, okay, this is why I don't really talk to certain Saints fans that are a certain age. Not the fact that I don't think they're Saints fans, but I just feel like there's a level, once again, of delusion. When somebody's 25, 26 years old, and they're trying to tell me about what the Saints did, unless you like a, a, a really good historian and you have an appreciation for that or you've been following the team and you go back into the archives, it's hard for me to like to really talk to you because all you know is Sean Payton. All you know is Drew Brees. And you're comparing Sean Payton to Dennis Allen because you don't you haven't seen anything else. And you probably was born, but you probably was born during the time when Jim Hassler was a coach. But you probably was crawling around the house, you know, peeing in, peeing in your pull up. Right. And, and now you try to sit up here and talk about, oh, you know, like y'all act like Sean Payton, you know, was all that. He was all that. Like, that's what people understand. He was all that. The Saints never had success or they had very little success before this dude got here. So when people are like, man, well, he had 79 seasons. Man, that was a time when, I'm telling you, as a Saints fan, you wish the Saints could get to 79. But you can talk about those 79 seasons, but I can raise you that this dude have a 62% winning percentage. I can tell you he won more playoff games than any other uh, coach in, in Saints history. Can buy him. He has appeared in more playoff than any Saints coach can buy. So 
for people that that talk as if like, oh, this dude ain't a magical coach, or they they make they make it seem like this dude just uh just some Tom Dick and Harry off the street. I just I, I laugh because I just think that there's like there's a level of ignorance that that you have, and you don't even realize it. Like you don't, you don't even realize it. So. I'm just I'm just keeping a buck. That's why I understand. Like people, are like man, Saints ain't gonna get no first round pick for Sean Payton. What? Like you really don't believe? Like you really don't believe it? Like you really cannot possibly believe it? This dude is a winner. Like teams want to win, and they will do anything it takes to win. So. I, I just I don't understand the angle, man. I, I don't understand how people just honestly believe that, like this dude is just some running the mill coach. Like people talk about Sean Payton, like he just some running the mill coach. Like, oh man, we can find something better than that. Well, we we tried the first time. Did it work? No, it has not. It has not. It hasn't worked. So that ought to tell you right there, like. Great coaches just don't grow on trees. Great quarterbacks don't grow on trees. How can in the last couple of years you see great quarterback player Drew Brees and he retires, great coaching with Sean Payton, and as you can see, the, the team has taken a, a significant step back, and we still sitting up here like, oh, man, we're going to get it together. Like Sean Payton is just, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like Sean Payton is not your average coach. He's not. I, I I mean, and that's something I feel like people just need to understand. TJ, I've been listening to your show for about two years. I rarely say uh, much, man, but your podcast is awesome. We're uh, informative and wholesome info as well uh, as opinions. Well, I, I appreciate that, uh, Andre, and thank you so much for, for chiming in, man. It's always good to uh, hear from people that, that uh, listen to the show, you know, and also make comments. So I, I appreciate it, man, and thank you uh, for uh, you know, being ded- dedicated to the podcast for two years, man. And, and shouts out to everybody here in the chat that, you know, that that's chiming in. I appreciate it. Uh, my allegiance is not blind. I call my team out. And that's the way it should be. And, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's the, it should be the same way. Like, <laughs> if if my wife, you know, says something to me, I only I know that she's saying this because she loves me. If she's critical about something I'm doing, I don't think, like, she just – trying to you know take shots at me she does it because she cares about me vice versa it, it, you know that like that's the way that it should be as, as a fan right like you should have love but you should also be critical because you want them to be at their best i don't know uh jared that's uh going to be a good game between the bucks and the cowboys yeah, man, look, I, I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, win, win that game on NFC South versus the NFL because I just think that the Dallas Cowboys are choke artists. I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys aren't better uh, than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I just feel like the Dallas Cowboys, um, they they choke, right? They, they're some choke artists. And um, I just think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be a recipient of that. And also – if you combine the fact of uh, the referees probably going to play a huge role in that because you know they love themselves and Brady and they ain't trying to hit, see him, uh, you know, go out uh, in the first round in a blowout or in an embarrassing fashion. So, you know, they're going to try to help him save face. I mean, you combine those elements of the Cowboys being a choke artist and the referees 
uh, being the 12th man for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in playoff situations, I think you have what you have. You know, I mean, this like, and don't give me any type of joy, a pleasure uh, to say that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to beat Dallas, but that's the way that I see it going. I, that's the way I see it going. Like I sometimes like look, I know we don't like these teams uh, because they playing our division, and you know it's blasphemous to say that they're gonna win anything, but. You know, I try to be as objective as I possibly can. And I, I never, I rarely ever like try to make picks off emotion. You know, like I try to really think about if a team is going to win. And if I feel like the Saints aren't going to win, I say it. If I feel like, you know, another team is going to beat them, I say it. If I feel like if I'm picking another game, do I feel like that team going to win? I say it, you know, so I mean, sometimes you know you you don't want to you don't want them to win, but when you break break it down, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, I rather Aaron Brooks and Joe Horn than Dennis Allen. Well, I mean that was a good combination for a good little minute. I ain't gonna lie, you know. Uh, let's see, EA, welcome to the uh, Saints podcast because I think you're from another channel. Yeah, shouts out to EA. Thank you for being here. What up, bro? Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I take Sean Payton back quick. Yeah, I take him back quick. Like you, you got people that that's having these hot takes about, you know, man, he just left the team behind. He he left the team. Like man, look, we we some of these takes that we have sound like some scorned boyfriends or some girlfriends or something. Like man, he hurt me. He broke my heart. I never take him back. Like man, this is a business. At the end of the day. Like, that's what we need to understand. It is a business. Guys are about leverage. Guys are trying to maximize their portfolio. Like, dudes are trying to do whatever they take to try to win or put themselves in positions to win. Like, you, you if, you're, if you're emotional and too emotional, and look, no disrespect to anybody, but if you are too emotional that you can't talk about this team objectively, I don't think that you should have a podcast. I don't. Like I, I feel like there's gonna come a time when you know you really gonna have to break something down and you're gonna have to make a, a decision, right? And um, I don't know, man. Like I'm not looking at this as as a guy who who broke my heart. Like if he was to come back to the New Orleans Saints, all these people that's talking all that stuff. If Sean Payton said that he wanted to come back to New Orleans Saints, there would be absolutely nothing that they would say especially when the Saints start winning. So all this stuff about, man, I don't want them back. I don't want them. Guess what? It don't matter about what you want. Half of us, half of us, or even more than half of us wanted Dennis Allen gone. Is he gone? No. So at the end of the day, that, like, nobody cares. Like, we have to get out our feelings when it comes to, like, some of these things. Like, I get it, right? And, yes, I don't feel like he wanted to come back to New Orleans Saints. And, yes, I feel like, you know, he wanted to go, and he kind of forced himself out. But if he was to come back, then, I mean, I would want him to come back and coach the team because he's a good coach. I mean, I'm not, I don't care. I, I don't care about, oh, if he, if he come back, how many years he going to stay? Who cares? Like, Tom Brady signed, what, a three-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You think they actually care if he comes back? No, because they've had three playoff appearances, one Super Bowl, Right, they've been winning. So you think they care? No, like 
I mean, we want this long-term commitment, man. Come on, man. Like, it's about winning. It's about like it's about the end result. Cause you don't because winning is extremely hard in this league. Ask Sean McVay. Last year they was the toast of the town, Super Bowl champions. This year they won four games. And now this man on his way out to do it. I mean, winning is hard in this league. And if you can find yourself a coach that can generate some wins, you can you can find a quarterback that can generate some wins, you hold on to it. Some people are just so used to being told what they want to hear, they only uh, hurt you in the long run. Uh, you should want someone uh, to keep it real when you're messing up. That means they care enough to help simple. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you might, I, I mean, I'm going to say this. You might you might find a hater every now and then. You know, people seeing that you want to come up and, you know, they try to blow up your spot, so to speak. So they'll probably speak some negativity in your life. I mean, it happens, folks, right? But when somebody's really giving you that real, right? When I mean, it's like your best friend. Like, man, when you have a, a good friend, you know, they're going to tell you what's real. They ain't, they ain't going to tell you just what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. You know, like I said, I, I feel like it, it's the, you know, they do it in your best interest. But, you know, some people, they they do have out there that, that are haters, right? They, they, they just say things to you, try to, you know, kill your confidence, you know, make you second guess yourself. But in this particular instance, um, this isn't the case, right? I have like I have nothing to gain from this. Like seriously, I, I don't, I, I don't take pride in some of these takes that I have. I don't, I, I don't take pride in, in just saying that I don't have confidence in this team. I don't take pride in saying that I don't care for the head coach. I don't take pride in this. I'm 36 years old. I've been a Saints fan my entire life. The only thing I ever wanted was for this team to win because there was a time when I believed that this team would never win. And now that I see that this team can win, I want them to be able to sustain success. And also, you know, I mean, I'm a broadcaster and a podcaster also. So I'm going to give you my opinion. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. And I'm not just going to weigh the pom-poms. Now, when it's, when it's pom-pom necessary, I'll weigh the pom-poms, but I'm not just going to do it. I'm not just going to weigh the pom-pom just because I'm a Saints fan. Like, that, that's, like I, I refuse to have Stockholm Syndrome like some of you Saints fans. You know, getting slapped all up in the face somewhere. They're going to change. They're going to change. I, I believe in them. Man, I don't know, man. I think it's time to move on from this. Nah, they're going to change. Man, some of these Saints fans got Stockholm Syndrome. These Stockholm Syndrome Saints fans out here who are willing to believe that a change is going to come. Well, I tell you what, Sam Cook, I don't see no change in sight, right? I, I, I don't see it. So, I mean, the change that Sam Cook was talking about, I ain't seeing it right now, and it definitely don't seem like it's going to be there in 2023. Uh, TJ, if Sean would come back, I know he would check – uh, this coaching staff and locker room. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I will say this, man. I think that is, I think that you need to move on from this staff. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's get down to it. I think the saints need to move on from this staff because. Okay. Hear me out on this folks. Hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. You working somewhere, right? You, you've been working, and you you have coworkers, and y'all been working together for six, seven years, right? 
and y'all all basically had the same job. Like y'all all were like on the same level. Then all of a sudden the boss come up to you and say, you know, I'm just you chosen for example. You know, Brian, come here. Hey, man, I like what you're doing. I care. You know, I think that you're doing an outstanding job. I want to promote you to supervisor. Right. Your responsibility is going to be all these guys on, on here to make sure that they're doing what they do. He comes there and he has this, this meeting and he tells everybody, hey, man, I want to introduce Brian to each and every one of you. You all know him. Everybody clap it up. Yeah, they happy for him and all that kind of stuff. But in the back of their mind, they probably happy because they're like, man, this is my boy right here. So if I show up a little late, he ain't going to say nothing to me, right? Because, man, we about to go eat that chili later on tonight. That's my guy, right? I feel like that's what happened when it comes to Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen was in the room with a lot of these guys, and Sean Payton was the, the, the last voice that you would actually hear. And they honestly, even though they did different things, they were still on the same equal playing field. Now this guy goes from being on equal playing field to the actual head coach of the team, and those other guys may be like, you know, like, man, just last year, like this dude, you know, man, this dude wasn't saying none of this stuff. And now he's trying to tell me I need to do this and do that. Might make you start feeling some type of way. What Dennis Allen may need to do is maybe move on from some of these guys that were a part of Sean Payton's coaching tree and 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 sign and and get guys that are his guys. That when they come in, they have an understanding from the jump that he is the head coach. Because it's hard for me to feel like Dennis Allen can check P. Carmichael. It's hard for me to feel like he can check Ryan Nielsen or Chris Richard or, you know, a Darren Rizzi. Like, these are Sean Payton guys. And I just feel like even though they respect the position, I still feel like there may be, you know, I don't know, you know, like, okay, man, whatever. I'm going to do what I got to do. I just think that sometimes you got to bring your own culture in. You got to bring your own guys in. And you got to basically try to, you know, do your own thing. You know, you, you got to kind of do your own thing. So that's I think that's where the term, when they talk about substitute teachers, that's where that come from. Like everybody know, you know, everybody know if Miss Brown don't show up to work, this other lady come in. We know that this lady more than likely, you know, she ain't going to be here tomorrow. So I'm not going to be on my best behavior. You know, I'm going to do what, you know, I'm going to enjoy this free day right here. Right. They want me to cut the TV on. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch TV today because I know tomorrow I'm going to be having to open my book to chapter three. So maybe that that's the route that they need to go in. Bring some guys in that, that are your guys. Like if you're going to go down, go down. On your own ship. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't go down on somebody else's ship. Go down on your own. Build the ship the way that you wanted to go, right? Build your own Titanic. You know, build your own Titanic. but Build your own big structure, right? And if it goes down, then that's on you. That That's you. You know what I'm saying? If, if that's, on, that's on you if that happens. But, you know, that I feel like that has a, that plays a huge role. I mean, I, I know that somebody probably dealt with that. Rather, you had a promotion or somebody else, you know, had a promotion. And you know what I'm saying? And, and it, like this person, man, I worked with six, seven years. And, and then you, you also have to look at the fact, even though people clamp it up for you, in the back of their mind, like, man, I've been here six, seven years, too. How come I ain't get promoted? How come I ain't get no interview? 
like like I said, guys probably respect the position, of course, but at the back of their mind, if you are any type of competitor, you feel like that you can do that job better than the other person that actually has the job. I know I ain't the only person that's been in these situations. I done been in these circles, man. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm happy for him and stuff like that, man. But I don't know. I don't know about him. I don't know about her. Like, we all been in these circles. So what, what makes us think that it's any different in, in the NFL circles? I don't believe that. I, I think that we prop these, these, these guys up because they make a lot of money and they do a job that a lot of us wish we can do on Sundays. But I don't feel like when it comes to the actual world, it's no different between you going and, and clocking in and me going in and clocking in. No different. I feel like the same type of things go on. It's just the fact that they make a lot of money doing it. But I feel like it's the same situation. It, it does not change. You know, situations change. You know, the characters change. But the situations stay the same. I'm turning 30 in June. Been the Saints fan since I was eight. I wish Sean would come back, but since he uh, won't, I feel like all the coaches need to get swapped. Well, South Paul, like, I, I, I don't know if all the coaches need to uh, get swapped, but I think that they need a good amount of guys that understand the assignment. Like, I just think that, I think that, first off, first off, the New Orleans Saints didn't make any real coaching changes at all because they felt like they just had it all figured out. And when you present, and when you present that, like, like, oh man, we just got it all figured out. We just need a head coach, and here's Dennis, right? So it's almost like that that classic line by Dennis Allen: "Keep on doing what you're doing," right? So those guys are going to continue to do what they're doing, and if they continue to do what they're doing, and they're not getting the same results. They're going to be like, well, I've been doing the same thing. It worked last year. Why it ain't working this year? What's the common denominator? It's Dennis Allen. Right? So I'm, I'm just saying, man, like, I just think that if you, if look, it, it's, man, it's nut cutting time. It's nut cutting time for Dennis Allen. It, it's, it's like this dude is not going to be able to survive the season if he don't generate success. He is not going to come back. The Saints are going to fire him. If I know for a fact that my job is on the line, guess what, who that nation? I'm not, I'm, I'm calling all the shots. I'm doing everything I gotta do. Like, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm going straight. Dean Martin Frank Sinatra. I'm doing it my way. Seriously. I'm not, I don't care. Like, if I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail my way. I'm not gonna sit up here and, and okay, bring these guys back that. <coughs> That I didn't hire you. And I'm not trying to play, I'm not trying to play buddy buddy. Like if, if you want to be successful, you got to make tough decisions. I, I'm I'm very, very, very concerned about Dennis Allen. I'm very, very, very concerned about Dennis Allen and his in and his inability to make those decisions when when it's necessary. And, you know, I mean, you can talk about, okay, the only argument that you can have that he stood on was the whole Jameis Winston situation, right? I guess he stood his ground there. But outside of that, like, I'm wondering, like, how many people actually I'm, – I'm wondering, like, did that have anything to do with, with him or did it have something to do with money? You know, so I, I'm just wondering, like, are you – 
Were you so adamant about having him on the bench or was the Saints just afraid that if he was to get hurt, they would have to pay him a certain, like, I'm just wondering to myself. Like, so was that really him making this decision or was it like certain circumstances? I, I'm, I, I would like to know. Uh, Roger, thank you very much for $2. Said just reported Sean McVay returns as seventh season. Well, that's good, man. You know, means that he ain't giving up. You know, he he ain't just dipping out the door when things get hard. That's good for him. Saints will have the largest signing bonus this offseason just to get quality players to come in if they come uh, at all. Uh, back to being in a career landing spot. They are not going to attract any top quality free agents. If they do, I would be highly, highly shocked. The only way that they can actually get guys to me, you know, if you get a guy like a Matthew, uh, you get a guy, you know, like that, I just feel like it's probably a guy that's probably doing a little victory lap. Like Tyron Matthew, talk about him all you want to. You can say he washed. You can say that he left a lot to be desired. Me personally, I think he started playing better once the Saints changed the way that they, they had him out there playing defensively. I think that he played a lot better. Had him out here playing like he was a box safety, like he Ed Reed or something like that. Or, you know what I'm saying? A, a, a weapon X out here. You know, like, like you know, give me give me a freaking break. Like, once they changed the way that he played, I feel like, you know, when they had him, you know, uh, you know, doing different things, you know, he was able to play his way. You know, but the only way they're going to bring some guys in to me is, like, guys taking a victory lap. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, seriously, if, if they get a decent quarterback – I would not be surprised if Odell Beckham Jr. end up signing with the Saints. He already got a Super Bowl. He already made some, you know, a lot of money. And you get an opportunity to play for your hometown team. So there's nothing you can do as Odell Beckham Jr. that is going to sully your name. Like the Honey Badger had a you know down season according to like his standards, but that's not like people still look at him as one of the best safeties in of, of the of the modern era. It's not going to change it. So that's the only way I feel like they're getting it. But if it's like a young guy, you know, testing free agency, looking for a place that he feel like he can be a champion, uh, they he'll fly over New Orleans, but he ain't going to stop there. <laughs> Sean Payne uh, made tough decisions when he fired his friends on the staff. Exactly. You know, I mean, that that's, that's boss moves right there. Like, for you to be able to fire your friends, be willing to do that in order to, you know, to find success in order for you to move forward. Sometimes you got to do that, man. Sometimes you got to get away from familiar territory in order for you to reach your full potential. It's not just football folks. I'm talking now. I'm talking life. Sometimes those people that's around you can hold you down from reaching your full potential. Some of the things that they are telling you is, Maybe they telling you this stuff not just to keep you and elevate and elevate you, but to keep you in that same position, because by keeping you in that same position, you become the person that they know. And and that's why they do it. You know, so they try to reinforce those those principles, those thoughts, those feelings inside of you. Same way, you know, like so you got to make those tough decisions. Rather, you're going to sit there and hang out with them and, you know, and not live up to what you you know, or uh, uh, capable of doing, or are you going to just, you know, get away from that and reach that full potential? You know, sometimes that those, those individuals can hold you down. Also on top of Dennis Allen being trash, how the hell we go from having the worst injuries last year to almost repeating it again. I thought last year couldn't get any worse. Boy, I was wrong. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the coaching staff. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they need to get a Zen master, a yoga instructor or something. Uh, I, I don't know if they need to get some, I don't know, some Lucas Oil or something like that, man, to get on these guys' extremities because it always seems like they tight. You know what I'm saying? Somebody breaking something, squeaky wheel here, squeaky wheel there. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what they need to do, but, I mean, I know the state of Louisiana, you know, they got LSU, you got Oxner, you know, like, I mean, you you can't you can't be no bum and half stepping working in Oshner Hospital or LSU, you know. So I don't understand. Like everybody goes to Dr. James Andrews, who is a LSU graduate. Like, so I, I don't know how we go from one of the greatest orthopedic surgeons of of our time uh to a guy, you know, that that's misdiagnosing a guy with an ankle sprain. I, I just I don't I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how the entire New Orleans Saints staff, uh, the Saints team is suffering from osteoporosis all of a sudden for the last two years. I, I just I just don't understand it. I, I don't get it. Who that, uh, TJ, uh, why did the Saints give away the first-round pick? And uh, now that DA is the coach again, what should happen in order for us to make the playoffs? Well, I, I think I kind of alluded to a, a discipline. Uh, number one, I just think that he needs to get guys that understand the assignment. By understanding the assignment, I mean guys that he select, not guys that Mickey Loomis uh, kept here, not that, oh, they rubbed up against Sean Payton. They, they, you know, they gave him juicy fruit. They, you know, like all these different things. Like he needs to get his own guys. That, that, that should be a start. You need to get yourself a guy who is an offensive coordinator that can, that can coach an offense in this time, right? P. Carmichael, to me, I just feel like he coaching offense from the Stone Age, right? That's the reason why they got that statue quarterback that is Andy Dalton back there, because that's the only like they 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 it kind of loses them like when they start talking about you know I think we need to get a quarterback to get outside the pocket, out the pocket. What what, what you talking about? Out the pocket? Like I don't understand it. Like a quarterback should stay in the pocket, right? Like the kind of stuff like that, like. You know, I just think that when you look at the New Orleans Saints offensively, the reason why uh, Taysom Hill wasn't used as much, the reason why, you know, the Saints weren't utilizing Alvin Kamara in certain ways is because I just feel like, you know, Pete Carmichael is used to the bland, vanilla, uh, you know, style that he once had. And I know people are like, well, you know, he was the offensive coordinator for Sean Payton. Tell you everything you need to know right there. You know, Sean Payton, the innovation left with him, right? And all you have is a guy that, you know, knows the traditional way to plan the offense, you know, the offensive position. And um, I just think that the Saints took a step back. So they need to get somebody that is a really good offensive coordinator, a guy that understands modern NFL, that would be able to maximize the ability of Taysom Hill, to be able to maximize the ability of Alvin Kamara, to be able to maximize the ability of Rashid Shaheen and a Chris Olave. Like, you need a coordinator that's going to do that, right? I think that Dennis Allen is good enough to coach his defense if they can replicate what they did down the stretch and you combine that with a guy like a Mike LaFleur who just uh, got fired by the Jets. I don't understand that at all. Uh, but if you can get somebody like that or get Frank Reich, if he don't get a head coaching job or, you know, you, you get another guy like a Cliff Kingsbury, you need to get somebody that, you know, that is going to be able to get the most out of this offense because this offense has been trash for the last three years. I have to say three years, this, this offense has been hot garbage. So those are the things that he needs to do. New coaches, his guys, 
right? The guys he selects. And also, you got to get a quarterback that can give you way more than what Andy Dalton getting you, not just a guy that's a statue and, oh, he threw the ball and they gained five yards. What y'all talking about? Well, he threw the ball to the receiver for 12 yards. What you talking about? Like, we have, we have, I mean, it's amazing to me how some of these New Orleans Saints fans accepted mediocrity so quickly. Like, it's amazing to me. Like, the fact that we are, we are, we are ringing the bell. We are on the big horn for the mediocre quarterback that is Andy Dalton. Oh, man, I'll I take Andy back. Oh, I, man, shoot, Andy, he can plead a 67% of his passes. Like, but, but what did it result in? Like, what, what did it result in? You know, did, did it result in wins? Are the Saints in the playoffs? Is he in MVP conversation? If all you got to show me is some – some watered-down pro football-focused stats that means absolutely nothing. And I'm not going to poo-poo on pro football focus because sometimes those stats can really tell a story. But in Andy Dalton's case, uh, it ain't saying much. It ain't saying much at all, right? I mean, if you stand underneath a rim and you throw the ball into the hoop, you know what I'm saying, and you do that 13 times, I'm pretty sure you're going to be 100%, right? Right? You know, step step back to the free throw line and go 13 for 13, and maybe we can talk. I mean, you ain't you ain't did nothing. You ain't did nothing at all. Uh Dennis Allen failed in Oakland and again in New Orleans, even after spending years under one of the greatest offensive masterminds in history. Uh, that should tell you he is not a head coach material. Get rid of him, TJ. Who would you like to see as the head coach? And who do you think they will eventually get? Well, I'm a Frank Wright guy. Um, I like Frank Reich a, a lot. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the Saints sign Frank Reich as their offensive coordinator because once Dennis Allen get fired, you know, maybe they can win some games down the stretch because he can be the interim coach. Uh, but, you know, that's a guy that I'll be looking at. But I'm telling you right now, I'm saying this. Like, I'm putting my conspiracy theory hat on, okay? I got my hat on. I got my I got my JFK assassination, MLK assassination, uh, you know, inside job hat on right now. I'm saying this. I think the New Orleans Saints, that would not surprise me. These organizations, they very, very tricky, folks. It would not surprise me that they bringing this dude back because of his losing record, and it might give them a better chance of getting the quarterback that they want. Because I really honestly feel that Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton, might he might return. I think they're gonna. I think that Dennis Allen is going to sign or want to sign a free agent quarterback because he understands that his job is indeed on the line, and he does not want to hitch his wagon to a rookie quarterback. And honestly, you as a Saints fan, you shouldn't want it either. Because guess what? If the guy does not pan out, or if the guy loses games and the Saints don't make the playoffs again, it's going to be yet another excuse to keep this dude around. I don't want this, like, honestly, this is the reason why I am lobbying who that nation. I know you might not want to see some of these guys go, but this is the reason why I am lobbying for him to find his own guys. Sign your own coaches, get your own staff, get your own quarterback. So when you wet the bed, there will be no excuses, absolutely none. It will be as obvious as two plus two at four plus four, Zero plus zero, folks. It would be obvious that he's not the answer. 
let him do everything that he can possibly do to to uh get everything that he want and when he when he uh when he fails then you can be like hey you know like hey we we told you so i mean or you know it it could it could it could work out i mean he could find the right guys and they might have a good combination of uh offense and defense i don't know but he'll find a way to mess it up uh, Saints need to trade Michael Thomas and the best uh, the Saints can get from the AFC. Well, I mean, look, based on this dude contract, if you was to cut him, I mean, he ain't, he ain't really losing that much. I mean, yeah, you lose a couple million dollars, of course, but um, yeah, you know, like, I, I don't know, man, like trade him, trade him for what, you know, like, like trade him, like, what are you going to get for him? Like who is going to be a, who is, who would be willing to give you anything for a guy who has only played 10 games in three years? Like that, that's what people want. Like we, we are, we are looking at Michael Thomas as that 2019 product, you know, the same way how some of y'all look at Jameis Winston in 2019. Now y'all just make him like, he's just the worst quarterback of all time. It's kind of the same way when Michael Thomas, like people like trade Michael Thomas, trade Michael Thomas. What are you going to trade him for? Like, seriously, why would a team want to trade for a guy that they don't even believe is going to be playing for them throughout the season? Like, what are you going to get for him? Like, Michael Thomas is good and as talented as he is. You ain't going to get nothing for him. Like, at, at, the, at, at best, that the Saints would sign him to, like, a prove-it deal. He goes out there and he sets the world on fire. And, you know what I'm saying, the Saints can basically, you know, get him and trade him then or something like that. But the way that Michael Thomas is presented right now, you're not getting nothing for him. Like, you know, and I, I love Michael Thomas, man. Respect to that brother. Like, for real, man. Like, good, solid dude. Like, I know a lot of people, you know, think, you know, that he, you know, he a prima donna or whatever like that. I think he just kind of misunderstood as a person, to be honest. Um, But, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, people looking at him from 2019 and they just think, oh, man, trade him. Trade him for what? Like, there's... Like, there's no GM in their right mind that is going to give you anything, anything for Michael Thomas at this point. Michael Thomas has to go out there and prove that he can actually play a full season. So basically, the Saints are tanking next season. I don't know if they're tanking or not, but I, I mean, look, if you can have the Miami Dolphins uh, randomly uh, have Tom Brady show up on a yacht and Brian Flores is there. If you can randomly say that you had back channel conversations with with Sean Payton, bruh, like it, it's not out the realm of possibility that this is their mind frame in a way that they think. Like it, seriously, like you may not want to admit that, and some people might be like blasphemy, blasphemy, TJ, that you're saying these type of things. These guys want to win, bro. Look at this organization. Seriously, look at this organization. Does anybody like? Anybody from Mickey Loomis, from P. Carmichael, Dennis Allen, Dennis Lauscher, does anybody look like they're concerned about their job security? The Saints can win one game in 2023 and Mickey Loomis still will be out there. I really honestly feel that way. So do you honestly believe that guys with that type of, uh, you know, way of thinking and, and feel that secure and their job security cares? Or wouldn't be willing to do something like that, you know? 
I mean, it's out, it's not out the realm of possibility. Now, I can't I can't prove it, but I can tell you that teams, if they feel like guys are the, you know, they feel like a guy that they can draft can be the answer to all of their problems, trust and believe they're gonna try to do it. I mean, we seen Doug Peterson. And honestly, I feel like Doug Peterson was a, a scapegoat. I feel like Harry Roseman probably talked to him behind the scenes. It's like, man, we want to keep this draft position. Why would he go out there and he would bench Jalen Hurt and bring in Ned Sudfield, or whatever his name is? I got assume that's what his name is. They brought in Sudfield in that last game of the season. Like teams, like teams are willing to do anything they possibly can in order for them to be able to get the player that they want. Why do you think the McNair family is mad at Lovey Smith right now for him going for two? Because now they're not picking. They don't have the number one pick, even though they're going to end up getting Bryce Young anyway because I don't see the Chicago Bears moving on from Justin Fields. But they're still going to end up getting the quarterback that they want at the end of the day. But these teams, man, I'm telling you, it's not out the realm of possibility in my opinion. Please don't believe what Mickey said today. He's getting released. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he probably going to end up doing it. I think they could probably present something to him just to say that they did, you know, because <laughs> we all know, man, it, it's all about optics. So they want to they want us to believe that they're doing everything they can to win. So we got to talk to Michael Tommy. We got to try to work something out. And then, I don't know, we probably give him a deal that they know he probably wouldn't be interested in just to say we did it, but he didn't want to do it. Uh, why James go to another team and do well and, and we resign Dalton? Uh, then after uh, every loss game, uh, we going to have D.A. talking about, I think, Andy played well uh, with 12 for 12 for 107 yards. And no <laughs> Mark, I'm going to tell you right now, I really believe it's very, very strongly. Wherever Sean Payton going, Jameis Winston going to. Now, he may not be the starting quarterback, but if he goes to Arizona, Jameis Winston going with him. If he goes to Houston, Jameis Winston going with him. Like, I, I really feel that way. Like. I don't feel like it's a coincidence that that Sean Payton selected Jameis Winston. I, I don't. Like I don't. I, I really feel like wherever he goes, Jameis gonna go with him. Um, that's that's just the way that I feel about it. The only, the only team I can see that Jameis could possibly go to that don't uh, involve Sean Payton would be Miami. I can see him playing for the Miami Dolphins too. I can see Miami like giving him an opportunity because of all the things that happened with Tua. I don't think that they're going to bring back Teddy B. I can see him in Miami, but I, I really feel like they probably going to, you're probably, um, he's probably going to go wherever Sean Payton going as a, as a backup competing for a starting job. Uh, one thing I can say, I don't like the Cowboys, but Jerry Jones would have been fired this day. Yeah, he, yeah, he would have, yeah, they would have been gone. It would have been gone. They up here talking about firing a coach that won 13 games. So, you know, they <laughs> uh, tanking for Shadur. Um, nah, I don't think they they tanking for Shadur. Um, Shadur Sanders, average quarterback, <laughs> average quarterback in my opinion. Average. You know, I, I mean, watching this, like, he he's above average <laughs> in the swag. You know what I'm saying? In the, no disrespect to the swag, but, I mean – they don't really play really good defense. Like, you only have, like, a, a few teams that play good defense. Southern play good defense. Jackson State play good defense. Um, 
But then when Cookman play good defense, but I mean they out the they they by way of the MIAC and fam, you play good defense, but they out of the MIAC. That's kind of like they calling card. So I mean, I just think that I just think that, you know, based on that situation, it made him a lot better than what he was. I look at a guy from you know, they they certain they shortcomings, right? You know, so I, I mean I look at I don't I don't just look at people highlights. I feel like he needs work when it comes to the deep ball pass. Like there's been opportunities where guys have been wide open and he's overthrown guys. There's been times where, you know, he could have made a pass down the field. Uh, I feel like his passes on the run need some work. So I'm a, I'll see, man. I, I think that I, I don't know. I, I think it's a I think it's a complete difference between playing in the Southwestern Athletic Conference and going to the Pac-12. So we'll see. <clears throat> but I'm pretty sure, like, he'll probably get better training and, and maybe have more resources than what Jackson State can give him. So we'll see. Uh, what does Sean Payton owe Jameis? Um, I don't think he owes any anything, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, end up, like, bringing him to his team. Wow, that's interesting, TJ. I, I really feel that way, man. Like, I really feel like he, he'll bring him. Like, I don't, I don't think he'll, like, you know, bring him because he wants them to be like, okay, you're going to be my starting quarterback. But I feel like if things don't pan out, like I could see him like giving Jameis an opportunity to play. Like that's the way I feel. Uh, we can rebuild all of it. Uh, Jameis is going with Sean Payton. You dropping that inside of knowledge. Look, I don't, I don't know if he's going to go with him or not. I just think that it just makes better sense. It makes perfect sense to me. Look, if he was to go to Arizona, Okay, they got Kyler Murray. The biggest knock on Kyler Murray, rather, you know, is is overblown or not, is the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to do the little things in order for him to become a better quarterback. Uh, I don't see Sean Payton, like, with somebody with a reputation like that, hitching his wagon to him fully. Uh, and, and if he does, then I'm pretty sure he's going to have somebody waiting in the wings, and that would be Jameis Winston. And you can say whatever you want to say about Jameis Winston. You can talk about... Oh man, he a turnover machine, all this kind of stuff. They're still holding on 2019. Dude played three years, you know, and, and three games. All of a sudden, everybody just chunked this dude up as a as a, just a loser. But this dude can push any quarterback that that you have on your team. And he definitely will push Kyler Murray. He definitely will push him because like him or not, one thing you like, Jameis never phones it in, he never gives up. He never just sits up there and just, just has this losing mentality. So if Kyler Murray coming from a long, a long night of playing Call of Duty and he come up in there and just think that, oh, man, I'm, I got this in the bag, <clears throat> Jameis will take his job right from under him. And, um, you know, under Sean Payton, we all seen what Jameis was capable of or what he was on the pace of being capable of. So, I, look, that, that wouldn't be out the realm of possibility. The best Jameis look was doing that little small sample size he had with Sean P. So there you go. Make makes sense to me. No Taysom going with Sean P, not Jameis. Uh Taysom staying right here. Unless the Saints trade him. Unless the Saints trade him. But he he's not going with Sean P. Yeah, they did him dirty. Mays from North Carolina, no slouch. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely not. He definitely gonna be a top top five pick. 
Nothing love more than Jameis to completely ball out soon. Imagine how foolish that would make our staff look. Extremely. Uh, he was the best on the team, Barbara, but when Jameis was hurt, he let uh, the backup have more freedom than Jameis. He was way more, like, lax and, and gave Andy Dalton way more, like, way more rope than Jameis. I mean, he gave him way more rope than Jameis. I, I, even even the, the biggest Jameis Winston hater would have to admit that. I'm going to take a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here, folks. Only about three quarterbacks with Jameis arm talent, Josh Allen, uh, Rodgers, and Herbert. So we uh, get a good basketball team. The football team becomes trash. Guess we can't have both. <laughs> P. Carmichael and Eric enemy are the same. Andy and Sean call the plays. Bears GM came from Kansas City and didn't offer Eric a head coaching interview. Hmm. That, that may be, that may say a lot. I believe if they catch the ball and run fast, he will be closer uh, to score. <laughs> TJ, I couldn't stand hearing all those Winston haters. I still feel like Winston can uh, help turn it all around as long as he stays healthy and doesn't forget that we have an MVP type running back to help him out. Um, I think that he could, but I also know Jameis Winston and how he operates. Like, Jameis Winston ain't just about to go to nobody just because they're offering him a job. Like, that's just not how it works. Like, he wanted to go to Indianapolis because Frank Wright is known for being a good quarterback coach as well as a good offensive mind, right? He came to New Orleans because Sean Payton and Drew Brees, right? I think the next stop that he goes to, he's going to have that same thing in mind. I think that whatever team he decides to sign with, going to have that type of mind frame. So Mike McDaniel, who was a disciple of Kyle Shanahan, I can see him going somewhere like that. Other than that, I can see him, like, honestly, I can see him playing for the Rams too, you know, at, you know, at under like going backing up on uh, Matthew Stafford. I can see him doing that. But I honestly feel like wherever Sean Payton goes, uh, Jameis Winston probably going to end up signing uh, with that team too as a, as a backup. Because like regardless, if, if Sean goes to Denver, I mean, are you comfortable with the way Russell Wilson was playing? To say, man, Russell Wilson is my quarterback? I wouldn't, right? So Jameis and, and Russell Wilson, you know, competing for a starting job, that's interesting. Uh, Arizona, the same situation. If you was to go to Houston, uh, you, you bring in Bryce Young, he's still a young guy, still has to develop, right? I mean, is he going to be a day one starter? Probably not. So they they got options for this dude, you know? So, and like I said, I mean, the best Jameis Winston has ever looked was when Sean Payton was his coach. And I'm talking about on, on, a, on a professional level. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, part of the State of the Saints podcast network. Uh, Shouts out to everybody that checked out the Therapy College podcast, came back this week. Uh, thank you for all those that checked that out. And also, um, the Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast uh, will be premiering on tomorrow, man, getting ready for Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, Gumbo. The Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast. Uh, reason, you know, I mean, I think the name pretty much speaks for itself because it's not only going to be talking about uh, NFL, but NBA, boxing, um, all these different sports that they have out here, man, we're going to be doing it. And um, honestly, man, I'm looking for people to, you know, kind of chime in. You know, I'm ex I'm excited about this. 
wanted to do something a little bit different because you know I, i'm a I'm a big time sports fan i love talking sports i love everything about sports so uh we we're gonna be talking about it man we're gonna be getting some guests and also i just feel like it, it'll help us kind of branch out as well man we can get more guests on the show because i think sometimes even though we like we big time you know same fans sometimes you know, you get those sports uh, guys that out here probably not really that familiar with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so, you know, you, you get an opportunity to get more guests and, and more f- uh, familiar faces in here to get us a different perspective about the NFL, the NBA, what have you. So uh, check it out, man. The Gumbo Pie Sports Podcast uh, It's going to be pre- uh, premiering on tomorrow, uh, getting ready for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I ask that you all subscribe to this channel. Uh, all of the podcasts going forward will be on the State of Saints Podcast Network channel. This channel uh, right here, okay? So subscribe to the channel. I know sometimes like uh, people were like chiming in like, man, we talking sport, we talking Saints, and they realized I was doing a Therapy College podcast. But um, now I'm just saying, right now, um, going forward, all podcasts that are part of the State of Saints Podcast Network will premiere on this channel. So some things you might be into, some things you may not, but I just ask that everybody check it out. Tell me what you all think. Comment, uh, like, and share um, for those that are uh, tuning in. And also, uh, previous episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Shouts out to everybody listening. Rather you're on the go, you're at home, you're in the gym, whatever you're doing right now, I really do appreciate it because you could be doing so many other things but you're stopping by to hang out with me. And I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for all the day ones. Thank you for all the day 1001s. There will be no State of Saints podcast or podcast network without all of you great, wonderful individuals that make this podcast and all the other podcasts what it is. And thank you so much for uh, having faith in me and having some and supporting me and uh, believing in me. That means a lot to me. So, uh, we're going to be talking about Wild Card Weekend, getting you all um, geared up for that. Uh, this weekend, uh, I have my guy, uh, DJ, uh, from the NFC South versus the NFL, big-time Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, uh, one of my real good friends. Uh, he's going to be stopping by on Sunday to break down the Cowboys versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. That's going to be on the Gumbo Pot uh, Sports Podcast um, show, so make sure that you all check that out and um, you know, tell me, all, tell me what you think, all right? Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?